The Seven City Podcast is dedicated to interviewing artists in the Chicagoland area, their supporters and developers. Join us on our journey as we look at all aspects of the seven arts. Hey, Em, how are you? I'm fantastic. It's Friday. It's beautiful outside. I am delighted that it's a balmy 40 degrees or more here in Chicago, Illinois in January. <laughs> so it's practically tropical at this point, you know? Yes. It feels like, uh, you know, our greatest tropical dream in January. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> so, Em, um, how was your day? How was your week? Tell me everything. Oh, my gosh. Today was actually really funny. Um, so I work at a church, and uh, every Friday we do a concert, part of a concert series. And today we had an organ uh, concert. So I had to turn pages for the organ concert. And <laughs> I was laughing because I'm, I'm kind of... I'm kind of biased against organ music, you know, to me, it, it reminds me of church music. And I did a lot of that when I was younger. So I'm just mm -hmm. not as excited about it as I am, like, say, the classical guitar music that we have. Become. Sure. Like, yeah. So this is the first time I've ever really looked at an organ score. And let me tell you, I, I, I said, do you have you ever looked at a, a book or you picked up something to read? And for a moment, you just kind of forget English. And your brain just has a moment of, wait, what? I think I, we've all been there, especially I, if you're reading Lewis Carroll, you know? Yeah, I totally did that to this music score. I opened it up. And for those of you who don't know, you know, organists play multiple lines of music at once, like four lines of music. They have four keyboards that they can play with their two hands and another keyboard they play with their feet. So they're literally all limbs moving in all different directions. It blew my mind trying to read this music. I literally couldn't do it. I, I had to follow one of the lines. And then if it got too dense, because there were literally a ton of notes on the page, I would just <laughs> madly stare at this guy until he gave me some sort of signal that the page needed to be turned. And just play that it wasn't him sneezing or be you know moving with the beat that he was actually telling me that it was wonderful but it was terrifying. Oh my gosh! I'm so I'm so glad it was you and not me. It was it was really cool though to be on the actual instrument because it was so loud that it vibrated underneath you and that was a really cool sensation. That's so, wild. It was a wild Friday. It was a wild. What was your Friday? What did you do today? Oh my, what did I not do today? Um, I had a teeth cleaning. That was very exciting. Oh, man. <laughs> um, I, I've been prepping for our recording with uh, the Western New York Chamber Orchestra so for the ballet Ellipse. And it's been a lot. <laughs> I'm really proud of the work that you and I are doing for this recording, but it it has pushed me to my limits this week um, in mental preparation and in physical preparation and communication, you know, all of my skills, all everything at 10, you know, and I, I'm say that again. I said all the Asians, mental preparation. Yes. Yes. What you need all is the Asians. <laughs> yes. 
Well, hopefully after the recording's over, I can take a small vacation. Um, but we'll we'll see. We'll see how it all goes. But um, yeah, I'm I'm really proud of us. We've got a lot done this week as a team. So go us. <laughs> it's the last part of that you know project. It's the last lap right before we hit the home stretch. We're gonna be making. That's it. right. That's right. That's right. Um, well, not a good segue, but. I'm really excited about this conversation. Uh, Here, another Asian, right? Okay, here's my segue. I'm excited about this conversation we're having tonight with uh, Sammy Saab from Bone Lang. Um, I have had the privilege to know Sammy for, oh gosh, I think a year now. And I'm just in awe of his performance and of his skill set as a writer and as a rapper and as a performance artist. Um, and, and so I'm so excited to talk to him tonight and to get to hear what he has to say about music. Sammy, without further ado, please join us. Hey, thanks for having me, everybody. Yeah. Uh, Sammy, so give us a little bit of your origin story. Tell us how you came to be a such a brilliant writer what do you think made you that way (laughs) um i let's see um my mother was an english teacher that was the subject i took to that was the subject i took to in school she was an english teacher for a few years uh Mm. and uh it was short-lived but it was her original passion and uh that was the subject i took to in school um, I was no good at math, okay. no good at chemistry, things like that. So I, I was geared towards reading and writing. Um, and if I really think about it, and if I'm honest with myself when I look back, I would say I started writing poetry as maybe a 14-year-old, 15-year-old kid uh, wow. early in high school. Yeah, so not tremendously early, not tremendously late. Um, but I didn't get really, really serious about my writing. And so uh, college, uh, majored in English, wrote a lot of poetry through my years there. Um, sure. Majored in English and philosophy, so I have I have no real like musical training or anything like that. I always played in bands uh, growing <laughs> up with my my partner now my still partner uh, Matt Bones and Bonelang, and he sure he and I have been in a band together since we were in the eighth grade. Oh, oh my um, gosh! Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did our eighth grade talent show together. We played all the small things by Blink One Eighty Two. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and we've yeah we've never been in a band without each other. Um, That's amazing. And all these different iterations. So I guess it's a combination of, of my interest in poetry from like an academic uh, space to to just being in like garage bands and stuff growing up. That's so awesome. How would you think that that influenced your concept of how you structure music? Um. Yeah, I don't. I don't really know. It, it's it's tough to describe how I've come to get wherever it is that I am today. Just because it's like Matt and I, we live in our studio together. We've lived together since we were eighteen. We've been in a band together since we were twelve. So this natural process kind of takes place when you are sitting next to the same person for two decades in a room. Sure. You know what I mean. So it's like this this uh, kind of natural process kind of reveals itself and unfolds. Um, in the the tedium of everyday life you know so it's not like you know it's it's very much like i've woken up and watered a seed every day 
And do the two of it, you primarily write together? Yes, yes. We're songwriting partners. Uh, we, yeah, we we have a, a special thing. We 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 do we do everything together. <laughs> we write scripts together. We write music together. We we shoot videos and films together. We just kind of like a creative partnership, you know. That's amazing. And to have somebody yeah. that you've had in your life that long who knows you that well, that's a really organic process. That's really fascinating, Sammy. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's organic's a good word for it. You know, um, we're actually coming, we're at a crossroads right now. We, we don't know if we've been in this apartment for seven years and we don't, we, we might be losing it. The landlord might be selling it. And uh, we don't know oh. what the next step is because we've, uh, we're very settled in. Like we, we, also a side hustle of ours is we build studios we acoustically uh treat and build the paneling for for recording studios so we've turned our our duplex into a fully viable studio and uh, it's made for a really organic process we've lived we've had a home studio and lived together for 13 years that's Um, awesome so it's just there's an everydayness to it you know if he's down here and working maybe i'm upstairs washing some dishes and then then I come down and I listen to what he's working on and then he gets up and he leaves and maybe I'm working on what he picking up where he left off and he goes ah. and lives his day and then he comes home and so on and so forth. There's kind of always one of us down here, you know? Um, ah. Yeah. It's, it's intense, but it's, it's really, uh, it's like hella productive, man. Like we get a lot, we get a lot done and there's such a, like a language and a vocabulary developed between the two of us. It's like really easy for us to explain to 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 convey an idea it's like within moments now you can convey or or communicate something quite complex you know absolutely wow that's incredible i i I am surprised but not surprised like after you know watching pretty much all of your videos and seeing the two of you perform together i think that your energy is really synergistic like it feels like a, a true partnership it's incredible yeah. to to watch the two of you honestly i appreciate um, that yeah you can, kind of, <laughs> no. you can kind of see the years you know it's yeah like for sure you can't fake time spent and we've spent just thousands and thousands and thousands of hours together so. well they also say you know ten thousand hours is what it takes to master something and you guys have poured all that time and energy into the like relationship with not just your, each other but with your music yeah. yeah that's that's a really that's a no one's ever put it like that that's really cool that's <laughs> uh we're close like that too we don't really like fight or anything you know what i mean like there's not really like problems it's just it's like really simpatico and easy and fruitful it's nice so fuck that's yeah, Matt incredible. you guys should talk to him sometime actually he would love this oh yeah i think he's a really cool person i only got to chat with him briefly after the last concert that i was at but he seems like a really interesting and kind person. Yes, yeah. so smart guy. Yeah, no kidding. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to know what is the project you're most proud of? Um, I guess everything that's not released. I I tend to love. <laughs> I tend to. F- whatever I did today or yesterday is always like in my mind like the greatest thing I've ever done, and then. Ooh. My relationship changes with stuff after it's been released. Uh, I've listened to my own music all day, but it's never anything that's been released. Once it, once it's out in the world, it feels like it's it's like cheating on you or something. It's like not yours anymore. <laughs> so I, I oh, don't so listen true. to I don't listen to 
our albums, you know, on streaming services and stuff. And I don't, I definitely can't watch old videos and things. I, I just get a little like insecure and shit. And uh, so I don't watch the, my favorite stuff is everything that'll be coming this year and the next one. Well, I mean, you already made decisions about those projects, right? So you can't watch something. You can't make a new decision about it. It's already done, right? Yeah, I think that's a, that's a great way to put it. You can't make a new decision because it's already like consecrated <laughs> and that that's yeah. frustrating. And it's like, uh, who was it? What poet? I think it was Ezra Pound that said, uh, a piece is never finished, but abandoned. It's a bit melodramatic, <laughs> but like, I know it, it's, there's something to it. Like, uh, all I see when I look at stuff that's in the, you know, in the, in the wild, like in the public sphere is, uh, everything I wouldn't have done today, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I just see that. all these decisions that I totally wouldn't make anymore it's because really my taste is better back. and because I'm more, yeah, yeah, skilled or something. Yeah, well, you, but you are. I mean, so in a way, because the two of you are, are writing as a team together, and like we said, it is so organic, every day you are getting better. So yeah. that would, I mean, naturally, it, that's the way we just progress as human beings, but it's also the way we progress as artists. So Certainly. I love that idea that every day the work that you're doing is the best work you've ever done. I'm going to totally take that idea. Please. Into the practice room with me. Yeah. It'll, 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 it'll give you a sunnier disposition from time to time when you need yeah. it. You know? There are sure. days that not feel like that. There are days that like, you feel like you're a freshman again, you know? like Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, or, or just rotting in a state of stasis. Yes. You know, that's, but I that's think a tough one for me. I, 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 can, I can get myself there too often too too easily you know yeah I think it's rare that I would look back at a project and make the same decisions you know so I think that's yeah, I a totally think, fair I think if you do I think if you're looking back at your old work being like fuck yeah that was perfect I think there's probably something wrong you know, <laughs> right probably means like you're not moving <laughs> maybe you are in a state of stasis if you're saying things like that not to like not love the things that you know I love I'm proud of everything that we've done. I just, of course, I'm proud of, I'm proud of everything that we've done. Uh, but I, uh, yeah, it's just like not, it's not like the flavor palette I'm looking for um, today. It's, you know, it's different now. Sure. You know, you've you've done it and you've blessed it and released it, and it's like now it's out in the world and it's. I, I love that you put it that you felt like it was cheating on you, or mm-hmm. there was some artist that said that uh, once you release your work to the world it's never viewed through the same eyes. Like nobody mm. ever sees you on film or listens to you on film the way that you do. So yeah, you're that's, always going to see things that every everybody else doesn't. And everybody else is all going to sure. always hear and see things that you don't. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. And that's, uh, that's where the self-consciousness can attack you. Yeah. So go ahead. Go ahead. No, 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 please. Oh, I was going to ask, um, well, since you're proud of the project you're currently working on, what are you working on? Yeah. Uh, we're, we're actually, we're in like the final leg of, of an album that we've been working on since, since 2000, late 2018, 2019. Um, wow. Right, well, that's, that's kind of a lie. Hold on. We got serious about it right before the pandemic, like, like three to four months before the pandemic. And uh, it's, yeah, it's been this really kind of long, grueling process, but it, uh, you know, again, it's it's like you can hear the the years in it, which is nice. It's it's like uh, when I walk down the street and listen to it because nobody else you know has heard it yet. I feel 
the feeling that I want people to feel when they hear it. And that's, Ugh. that's when I know it's good. You know, that's when I know it's, it's, it's great. And, um, it's just, you know, we were saying the, uh, back to the, the idea of, um, the tedium of every day and, mm-hmm. uh, and watering a seed every single day and just, just kind of chiseling at the sculpture, um, every day we, I've slowly watched this thing come to life and I've thought it was bad 10 times and I've wanted to scrap it, you know, 11 times, but um, (laughs) years later, now that I can really see the essence of the sculpture, it's like, wow, this is a monster of an album. Like we really, we've really outdone ourselves. And so I'm really, really excited. There's a short film attached to it. There's like this whole incredible album package that's taken us just years and years to pull off. And, uh, um, I, I just really want to uh, fucking finish. Pardon my language. Um, <laughs> oh, you're totally fine. Okay. I didn't know. You know. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, we didn't talk about that. Yeah, you're allowed to swear. Okay. Okay. Well, I'll try to watch my language anyway, but. Um, no need yeah, to. I just really, I really want to finish. I don't know. I'm sure you guys can attest, but it's really the, the last 10% of finishing is like the most difficult and trying. You know, it's just like the yep. polish work and, and really following through and finishing the marathon in stride. Um, that I think a lot of artists don't have the um, the know-how to do. Like it's finishing power is a really important piece of the process, probably the most important piece. Yeah. Mm. Anyone can have cool ideas, you know, but can you really, really <laughs> follow them through? It's part of the execution. It's yeah. the professional sure. polish, you know. That's where the years really come through is when you put that last little edge to it. 100%. Well said. Do you, um, do you want to talk a little bit about your personal uh style of writing like how do you I thought you were gonna ask me do you want to talk about your personal life and I was like what no <laughs> no no, no. <laughs> well, you want to, but I'm, I'm just, I mean you can't respect, yeah. <laughs> no. My no I was gonna ask yeah because you talked about how that you and Matt work together but mm-hmm. how how do you conceive of a a new poem or you're talking about walking down the street, listening to your album. Is that how you think of new things to add to it? Or I'm just curious what, what I mean, that process is like. Yeah. I'm, I, I think my process is that my process is happening all the time. Like I'm obsessed with this mm. shit. I think about it all day. I walk, I wake up, I do like the same, you know, I try to do the same thing every day. And when I go on my walk, I listen to the demos over and over and over again. And then at the end of the walk, maybe I'll listen to, more polished material that's like album ready and like there's a good mix on it and all that kind of stuff and mm-hmm. and I'll come back and settle into the studio and do my work for the day and like you know just like choose a focus for the day and, and do the work but um but what does that work the, look like and if, I mean, you, if you wouldn't mind explaining it to someone who doesn't know how to write a poem or rap <laughs> no I got you I mean it doesn't it, it doesn't look interesting. It's a, uh, it's, you know, it's like when I've never seen a really great film about a writer because all the in- interesting stuff is happening inside this person's mind. And then it's just like a camera, right. you know, on a, like a depressed writer drinking too much or something like that. Like I, <laughs> um, like I'm just always, I, I have a pen on me all the time. I, I write all the time. Um, and when I really, I write in, in tiny little thoughts. So just a line here, a line there, and then I'll sit down and I find ways to build bridges between the phrasings that I, I like. And um, mm. I'm getting better and better at writing concepts. Like I think in my earlier days and why it's tough for me to listen to the earlier stuff is like, I was just trying to, be, I was just interested in, 
I just wanted to rhyme. Like I thought if the more rhymes and like internal rhyme schemes and stuff like that, that I could have the deeper I sounded, but it, I wasn't actually saying anything, you know? And now I, uh-huh. I really feel like I'm, this is where the years and the hours come in. It's like, I'm really carving the um, kind of idiosyncrasies of, of um, like building meaning with each line and each line yeah. building off the last and all that. So now I'm getting, I'm getting a lot better at writing concept, um, which is what I like. My favorite kind of stuff is always kind of high concept and like sticks to a concept and, and, and doesn't, um, I don't know, flail. You know what I mean? And I'm, I'm getting, yeah. I'm getting a lot better at that. And, uh, you know, you say, what does that work look like? I mean, it, it looks like sitting in a quiet room thinking and, uh, and then walking and thinking and then coming back to that quiet room and then sitting and thinking and thinking <laughs> and, some more <laughs> ad, ad infinitum. You know what I mean? Um, yep, I do. In terms of our process, like bones is there's a bunch of crossover, like bones is a beautiful poet and all that. And he's a great songwriter, but it's 90% him doing production and then 90% me uh, writing lyrics and melody um, but then there's plenty of crossover there. Like he'll take something of mine and chop it down or rearrange some mm-hmm. melodies or some, so on and so forth. But if you, if, you know, if we had to paint it black and white, it's like Matt makes the music and I write to it. Um, sure. and then we have Zach, Zach Marks and Andrew Lawrence are the other two members of Bone Lang. Um, and they kind of come in once there's something, typically speaking, they kind of come in once we've got something down, um, but however, every now and then, like Zach will bring some ideas in, and Andrew will bring some ideas in, and we'll build off them together as a band. Um, but again, there's this everydayness to Matt and I that we're just we live here and we're just down here all day, every day. Ah, so it's, cool. Lucky it's poetic in itself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We I live love a, that you had the whole process. Life. You knew exact. I mean, okay, so that's part of it, right? Is getting to into the swing of figuring out how you create. But you would not realize how many artists you ask, okay, so what's your process? And they really have to think about it. And you immediately knew. And I love the way that you guys put layers on it. It's like he starts with something and you pick it up and then you work together and then you present it to somebody else. By the time you're done, you've you've added what? I think you said like 10 layers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's like, uh, it's like a cooking process or something like that. You know what I mean? It's it's really fun. I mean, it's like kind of this infinite pool that you get to tap into whenever you want. And because I have such ease of access to like the resources, you know, we spent 10 years building this studio piece by yeah. piece, like a piece, you know, equipment, each piece of equipment by each piece of equipment. And now it's just, it's hard to get me to leave home, to be totally honest, just because I, I like being here and I like my solitude and peace and quiet and, um, you know, my fucking piano. It's nice. <laughs> it's really, really relaxing. Yeah, I love being in my studio too. I feel yeah. that. There's like a, I feel a calmness. Well, I want to um, ask a ahead. question if I can. Yes. So please um, I was I was watching your videos and I had a I had a thought. So a lot of people talk about like stage presence and um you know different techniques of rhyming and and figuring out schemes for rapping but i was just wondering if you were going to talk to like a young rapper today who wanted to get to the level of being able to you know figure out their process and do what you do 
what is some skill set that you would tell them that you use every day as a rapper that you never thought you'd use? Um, I don't know about never thought I'd use, but I, I there's like there's a there are some practical skill sets um, like any craft based thing that I think would be helpful. Like if any if somebody is paying for studio time, something's gone horribly wrong. You shouldn't be paying for studio time. You should buy a microphone. You know, and if you're like oh, I don't have money to buy a microphone, then you have bigger problems. Like you should be focused on getting enough money to then buy the microphone. Or you know what I mean? Like. Um, yeah, a microphone, an interface, a small MIDI board, and understanding at least one DAW, a digital audio workstation. So like Ableton or Pro Tools or or Logic or whatever, whichever is you know I would suggest Ableton. You know whatever that's the one I use. Um, Bones is on all of them, but just understanding, learning the software and stuff is like a completely invaluable. Knowing what you're doing in that space, um, being able to have an idea and then get it out of your body. Like that's, that's your job, right? Um, yeah. So yeah, learning, you know, uh, it might be a bit of a boring answer or less poetic or romantic than you were looking for, but it's like learn the software basically. No, I, um, that's exactly what I was looking for. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, God, I want you to come and talk to like classrooms full of young classical. I'd be happy to. I've, I've done it for a, um, a lot of my friends that teach and all that kind of stuff. I always enjoy it. This is just a totally different creation process. You're so in the moment. And I, I feel like sometimes by studying music, you know, you get so academic, you lose the fun of it. And all yeah. I'm thinking of as you're talking about this, I'm like, this just sounds like so much fucking fun. Well, I'm also really <laughs> lucky and I'm really lucky and uh, kind of specifically positioned um, where I can be this kind of free flowing um, la di da kind of artist dude and I'm surrounded by dudes that come from theory backgrounds and have master's degrees in composition and theory and and you know um, are really brilliant like conservatory jazz musicians so I'm I, I kind of have the best of both worlds at my disposal which is amazing because they give me the freedom to kind of drift off into space and and go you know kind of channel the muses and find some strange ideas and abstract things to to chew on and then they're really able to like make my picture my black and white photo full color you know and uh they Crazy. so i'm i'm very lucky to be with the guys that i'm with that sounds like I collaboration mean, yeah, yeah. Oh, deep, 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 deep collaboration for sure <laughs> deep deep collaboration every thing i work on is a collab you know in that my i have a partner so i loved yeah. that in the in the couple of concerts that I saw, really like counterpoint that um, that Andrew, Zach, and Matt were creating together, mm-hmm. and then you also got involved in that because all of the rhythms and everything kind of all tied in together. It was so fascinating. It was really a wild experience, and even if uh, the lights hadn't been like glaring in my eyes, I would have still seen lots of shapes and colors because of synesthesia <laughs> so sure, like sure. it was really cool uh, i very much enjoyed that that's so, dope i hope yeah much oh no i loved it i loved it <laughs> but i but it's like i see that anyway so i just closed my eyes some of the time and just <laughs> saw it in my know. head yeah um what is something that our audience would be surprised to learn about you surprised to learn about me um mm-hmm. 
Um, I play for the Egyptian national hockey team. Uh, my, I'm, my dad's from Egypt. Yeah, so I played hockey my whole life. I'm kind of a sports guy, and uh, I grew up. I had no idea. Hockey, and my father is from Cairo, and uh, my brother is is a a very dope goaltender, and he's hockey's kind of his whole life. He's um, like the director of art and media for for the New York Islanders in New York, and he he plays what? hockey really intensely all over the city. And um, he actually got selected. <laughs> Team Egypt, uh, Egypt put together its first national ice hockey team. Big, like, Jamaican bobsled team vibes, I know. Um, <laughs> like, uh, in, like, 2016 and uh, uh-huh. a few years ago, um, my brother got the call to be the goaltender for the Egyptian national team. They were actually a few uh-huh. guys short, and he asked, they're like, look, we're looking for any other Egyptians that might play hockey. And he's like, my brother plays. And I got selected, and I, I flew out to Egypt in 2020 and played in the first ever or 2021 rather um played in the first ever uh ice hockey tournament on egyptian soil in like the nation's history and then um earlier last year like around september we got selected to play in the latin cup it's the latin american world championships uh and they invited three Uh arab teams uh israel lebanon and egypt and we all went to Miami and we played and we actually won the uh, the gold medal. We beat Israel in the in the championship. It was like this really big deal. Oh my gosh! My and I. It's like a wonderful way for us to. That's kind of hold amazing. Up. Yeah, isn't that dope? I know. I, I love telling people that's that shit. So cool. <laughs> yeah. So I I play for the Egyptian that's national wild. hockey team. Yeah, it's uh, it's um, very dope. Congratulations and also my, yeah, shout out to my brothers on the Egyptian national team. <laughs> um. Okay. So a couple of other questions I have for you. Uh, what are you not good at? What am I not good at? Yeah. Uh, relationships. No. Um, no. Uh, no and <laughs> That's not uh, true at all. <laughs> uh, math. Anything to do with numbers. Math. As soon as it got to algebra, it was like a really hard time for me. I can't do anything, anything like that. Um, yeah. Anything that's like away from the arts, to be totally honest. I'm not, I'm not my... My values pretty specifically. <laughs> Can I ask you a question? So I found math fascinating, but I was not good at it as well. Like, did you find the formulas interesting, but like just couldn't figure out how to no, make it uh, work? No, it was, uh, it was just like impossibly boring to me. I, just, <laughs> I couldn't focus. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, That's okay. I, just, I, I struggled in school. Um, I understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Believe me. You know, come to find out later that I have dyscalculia, and so that's probably why. What is that? <laughs> so, dyscalculia? Dyscalculia is like dyslexia for numbers. That's so crazy. when I worked, yeah, when I worked at the cash register for many, many years, I did, um, I would often look at the number that was on the little you know, screen on the cash register and say the numbers in a different order than you read them. But like, I would know what they were. I just couldn't say them in the right order. It's very strange. Anyway. (laughs) Yeah. Um, how do you feel like you're changing the world? How do I feel like I'm changing the world? Um, Um, Do you feel like you are? Yeah, I mean, I, but I believe in that whole, you know, 
change your little corner. Kind yeah, of absolutely. Uh, and Bone Lang has a little corner. Um, and we affect we affect some young people with with the thing that we're doing, and that's uh, they come to shows with my words and our songs tattooed on them, and they come to our shows and sing every word, and they cry, and they they have really emotional responses, and that's a uh, that's a good feeling, you know. Wow. So I guess I guess. Yeah. I didn't mean to do that as like a flex. I just meant like it's that's the most like visceral, like palpable sure. um, answer I could give to that question because you know it's not millions, it's not thousands, it's hundreds. You know, it's my and it, they're scattered around out around the country. But you know, getting to talk to them after the shows and stuff like that, and ask them what their favorite tunes are and why and what parts affect them, and that that shit is fun, you know, because they affect me too. The the you know yeah. I love hanging with them and being like, like they quote some lyrics and I'm like, ah, oh, bro, like, I love that you love that. I thought nobody noticed that or something like, you know what I mean? Like they kept, they pick up yeah. on like all the little nuances and like all my little kind of symbolic breadcrumb trails that I leave through all the albums and shit and they pick up on it and it's really dope. It's like, wow, this wasn't for, no, you know, wasn't just for me. That's so dope. It's a good feeling. That's amazing. That's incredible. What uh, what's their favorite song? <laughs> what's their favorite song? I mean, it it varies for real. It, I know, you know but I I mean I love when it's some obscure shit. You know, it's like these kids will like pull yeah. tracks from like a 2017 EP or something that never did any. You wow. know, did like three thousand streams or something on Spotify, and it's just like rotting yeah. in, a, in a corner of cyberspace. And these kids will be like, "Yeah, no, I listen to that song like." 43 times a month I'm like oh you're the 43 streams that come through on that song every month uh, <laughs> and that's cool that's really cool like I like when they like the amazing stuff you know I love that that's beautiful I guess um, it's all a bit obscure it's not like we're the biggest <laughs> thing in the world it's just it's uh it's cool I don't know you're one of the most famous people I know so <laughs> <laughs> um what is the project you're most proud of? Did I ask you this already? Yes, Wait, we did that one. I did. Yeah, I did ask that. Oh, I know what it was. Sorry, sorry. What are you most looking forward to? This album, I guess, that's coming out. You know, I wouldn't even say just could... specifically the album. It's like, I just, Bone Lang hasn't gotten our hard touring years in yet. You know, we've been like really punching up. I, I really feel like the band's whole value, like most of our value is just our show that's where like the real, real hard work is gone. You know, it's like, you sure. can really feel the eight years of us. We've been together for seven years, I believe as a band, the four of us. And it's yeah. like, you can really hear that in the show. And uh, so I just really am looking forward to breaking through this like kind of local ceiling that we've been, yeah. I've put, you know, what I would say been like, you know, crashing into for the last few years and just breaking through to that next kind of level where we get to play 90 to 150 times in a year you know like I want to just I'd love to tour full-time for a few years and really I would love that get to yeah. have that part of my you know I've been chasing that part of my life my whole life and I just I'm really hungry for it you know I just really want to play all the time and it doesn't I'm not even talking about like money I have no interest it's it's like enough to pay the rent or whatever and I'm it's like 
I just want yeah. a place. I just want to like do my art every night in a different place. Like until I don't want to do it anymore. Like I, I want to almost like ruin it for myself. You know, I want to overdo it for <laughs> a few years um, so that I can, I don't know. I just, I really want that part of my life. I'm, I'm hungry for it. We all are. I think that you all will get there because watching you perform was one of the most thrilling uh, concerts I've ever seen. I thought that the energy was there. I thought that the musicianship was there. I appreciate and you. I that's, thought That's really sweet. Oh, but it's the truth. Um, and, and I thought that, you know, your audience is there. It just needs to get bigger. Right. So yeah. I think it'll happen. I think it'll happen. Oh, it will. We, it's just, it's a matter of when, not if like, we just have to keep our head down and don't ever think for sure. one second that we're owed something and just like work, work the way that we're working. You know, it's sometimes it's Absolutely. really easy for me to, I'm a, I get very impatient I get very angry and uh, frustrated and things, but I feel that. when I have conversations like this, it's easier for me to like take a step back and be like, you know what we are, it's coming. Like we are doing something. We're doing what we need to do. Um, it's just, you know, well, I have to say, watching your audience, your diehard fans, wa like watch you, was one of the most exciting moments I've had in a while. You know, seeing them sing all the words or or rap all the words and like dance and really get into it, it was so exciting. It was so much fun. I haven't been to a concert like that in a while. For sure, um, yeah, yeah. You know, they're amazing. Yeah. We love all of them. They're so dope. Yeah, they're incredible. Um, Em, I know you have another question. I did actually. So I wanted to know, um, you mentioned some of your uh, friends were trained in composition and, you know, classical music and jazz. And those are some of the styles of music that when I think Chicago, I think, you know, blues, I think jazz. Um, and even though they started somewhere else, they were kind of as a style, they were kind of perfected in this so um you had mentioned that some of your writing partners in the band had studied you know classical composition and they had studied jazz and that just sort of got me thinking um you know jazz and chicago and blues in chicago are kind of synonymous and even though those are styles of music that started somewhere else you know they kind of were perfected here in the city um and so when i was thinking about rap and i know very very little about it as a style so which is one reason why this is also fascinating um, but I do know that there's an East coast style of rap and like a West coast style of rap. So my question is, do you think Chicago has its own style? And if so, how would you describe it? Like what would I make mean, a Chicago kind of flavored rap? I mean, there's all, there's all sorts of flavors that are specific to the city. I don't think that I'm like any kind of authority to totally speak on the subject. Like bone Langs has like a hip hop, a heavy dose of hip-hop and its flavor but um we really kind of call ourselves an alternative band more than than a like a hip-hop act you know it's like uh mm -hmm. it's kind of towing this line um but i mean elements that i think are specific to and special to chicago are what um you know kanye brought to the table in the early 2000s uh with his kind of chopping up the soul vibe and chopping up old sure. soul samples and things like that and I think that legacy was carried on by guys like Chance the Rapper 
and uh, and common and i mean kanye was producing all those albums anyway but um but a lot of those those kinds of cats that kind of came up through that conduit and then there's this i mean the drill scene comes from chicago as well so chief keef and dirk and erbo and all those guys um you know made really sincere contributions to um the hip-hop world at large again i'm i'm not an authority to kind of speak on what chicago is in terms of uh, (laughs) it's like hip-hop lineage and all that kind of shit i am uh kind of outside that space um not like operating from the inside there um we come from more of a uh like alternative grunge emo or i come from more of an alternative grunge emo background the boys come from more of a like zach and andrew come from more of a, a jazz um and classical backgrounds um so it's it's you know i don't know i i don't feel like i can give you the real uh, the truly authentic answer to that question, but I don't I think there ever is one authentic you. answer. I think that that was a great answer. Yeah. Like you've been in the scene, you're working in the scene that makes you sort of an authority. Yeah. We, well, I mean, we, we're not really in the rap scene though. Uh, like I wouldn't say that we're in right. the Chicago's hip hop scene. Like we don't, we, we tried that for years and it, it just wasn't working. Like we're just too, uh, like suburban and shit man it's like <laughs> the flavor is just not it's just not a fit you know what i mean like what yeah. we were trying to do was uh different than what we were seeing in that scene and and i you know the music just wasn't clicking with those audiences and stuff it's all good like we work more in a less in a rolling loud space and more in like a like a like a warp tour space or something like that you know <laughs> um, so sure. it's, it's more it's got more of like an alternative background to it um, but I am rapping my ass off, so I I see how <laughs> uh, <laughs> how the connections made. I love the idea of. I am so sorry. Can you guys hear mine talking? Yes, yes. But it's 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 totally fine. It's like not loud it's at all. So loud. <laughs> I love the idea that alternative music is sort of like. It, it's like the catch-all of all the different styles and genres. And I, it's always my favorite to listen to because I feel like I'm going to get something that's going to be original and exciting. What are like three adjectives that you would use to describe your band's music? Oh, man. Um, uh, <laughs> Gothic. I'd go, uh, um, are you talking like Victorian or like goth? Like, no, not goth. Like it's got this, I don't know. It's always felt like, like a big Gothic church organ to me. Like no matter what since choices we're making, it's like really from like a, um, like, the kind of chord structures that we choose to use that kind of paint some yeah. pictures. And I always kind of get this dark Gothic kind of thing, uh, kind of image going. Uh, I don't know. It's, we, I struggle to give you three adjectives, but uh, <laughs> it does make me feel specific things. Like I um, used the word synesthesia earlier, Joanna. Yeah. Um, like, you know, I, everything kind of feels like purple and blue 
to me. Mm. Um, I can see that. Even when it's happy, I feel like there's still this, uh, there's a sadness to everything that we do, but I'm attracted to that kind of stuff. That I jumped uh, when you said gothic because I immediately went like dark melancholia. Dark melancholia, that's it. Let's go with that. That's my answer. Like that's... like poet. You know? Melancholia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, let's go with this. Dark hopeful melancholia. Oh, I love that album. There you go. That's another it's another reason why it's tough for me to listen to the earlier stuff because I was really, you know, sure. I was sad in my mid twenties and things like that. And I was had a hard time. And now I'm a much more hopeful and like healthy person and like I take care of myself in a on a, on a different level and all this. So there's this like hope that's kind of been injected into the sounds just naturally over the years. And uh, uh same with I I feel like I could speak for Matt if he, he would say the same thing. You know, we've kind of um, you know, found a, a better space in life in adulthood sure and uh so now the the melancholia is still there but there's this like lyrically speaking like um it's not so gloomy like gloomy that these are great adjectives yes, <laughs> yeah we got there. They are. i just needed some help i appreciate no, that you, you came up with them all <laughs> melancholia is probably the best word though i'm gonna use that it's such a great word or some shit like that yeah yeah well, um, we're coming close to the end of our time. Do you want to throw out the socials for Bone Lang? <laughs> you can just type Bone Lang into the internet. It's B-O-N-E-L-A-N-G. I'm sure it'll be in the description of this podcast somewhere, but just type that into the we'll internet. We'll link it up. Yeah, we'll yeah, link yeah. it in our description too, yeah. yeah. Uh, thank you so much, Sammy, for joining us today. My pleasure. Uh, for, for yeah, me. it's been great to have you. Um, for our listeners, this is Sammy Saab of Bone Ling, and you can listen to him pretty much on every streaming platform I could find. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Check him out. Thank you so much, Sammy, for joining us today. I'm so happy to get to know you better and to get to learn a little bit more about your process and your music. And you can follow me, Joanna Moffitt, at, at Joanna Moffitt. J-O-H-A-N-N-A-M-O-F-F-I-T-T on most social media platforms. And my company, our company, Core Productions, K-O-R Productions. You can follow me, Emily Cox, at Emily Cox, comma, soprano on Facebook and on Instagram at The Blonde Hurricane, all one word.